back to the Joy of Life with KJ podcast with co-host Bonnie Clapp. I'm hey. still learning how to point in the right direction. Something. <laughs> so last week we talked about realistic expectations with our food specifically. And I want to talk, I want to dig a little deeper today about our body image. A tough subject for all. When I mentioned this to Bonnie, she dove off the screen. She's like, I'm out. I don't want to talk about that. It's a tough topic, right? It's a tough topic and it's something we all struggle with. And I think it's something we could probably talk about for 20 podcasts in a row and somebody would relate. I I talked last week about realistic expectations with our weight loss, with our health journey. Um, from the, Let's talk about it from the physical side of things, from the outward appearance side of things, from how we're shaped and how we look. It is... Something I see in my coaching all the time. People will say something like, well, it's almost summer. I need to get, I need to lose weight for summer. I need to get my summer body. Or I'm going to a wedding and I want to look a certain way for the wedding. Or I, you know, I have this vision of looking whatever. I want to look like Kim Kardashian with a skinny waist and a big booty. Ooh. I hear the... <laughs> I hear these things all the time of people's different ideas. Everybody's vision of how they want to look is different. Everybody has a vision in their mind of how they want to look. And a lot of times that vision comes from others that we know, friends or family or schoolmates or whatever. At school, that was a long time ago. It's probably not schoolmates. I hope you're not still living with a vision of schoolmates, Bonnie, because we're way beyond school years, right? Please. Hey! Wow. Thanks. It's not been 20 plus years since college or anything. <laughs> Can you even believe that? When you no. stop and think about, I stop and thought about that the other day. I am only, two, I am only like three or something years away from my 30th reunion. And I'm like, 30 years since I've been in high school? That doesn't even make sense. And do you oh even gosh. feel like an older, responsible adult yet? Because no, no, I no, I don't, I don't. But I still live with those images in my head that I grew up with of what I needed to look like, and I've been fighting to look like that. Not fighting very hard most of the time, but fighting for this image of a certain body type, a certain size, a certain, I want to be under a size 10 in my pants. I want to be wearing a size small shirt. I want to have, you know, smaller girls, the girls. I want them to be half the size they are and, and perky. That's a stretch perky. at this point. Hmm. I see other girls at the gym and I think, oh, I wish I was built like that. I see somebody in church. I wish I was small like her. We have expectations of where we should be. And it's not just us. It's our kids. I hear my daughter say all the time, I want to grow up to be. I hope I'm slender when I grow up. And I think, where did this expectation come from? I, I know probably mostly media and, you know, television is where a lot of this comes from. But... And the sin nature in our heart, ultimately. 
But where did this expectation of I need to look a certain way, fit into a certain size, start? Where did it, did that, do you struggle with that? Like I struggle with that, Bonnie. And if you do, where did that start for you? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. Where did that start? It's been so long. Oh, my word. Um, I I knew in elementary school, looking around, I could see the difference between me and other girls because I've always been heavier. And, you know, I would get the diatribe at home. Oh, well, you're Scottish, so you're just big boned. I'm like, no, everybody has the same skeleton. That doesn't make any sense, Mom. Oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then it became more and more apparent, and I began to feel more and more awkward. And then, you know, is before the days of the internet. So we would pass around the Seventeen magazine at the lunch table in junior high, and I would look at those beautiful girls who were, I didn't know what digital editing, editing was back then, but they would take those photographs and do what they needed to do to make it look like this is what you're supposed to look like. And unfortunately, we were growing up during the age of, like, cocaine chic super duper thin models cocaine were, chic yeah, seriously <laughs> it's I've never heard that before that's awesome. it is that's, well it's from 13 going on 30 which is an excellent film by the way that's hilarious but that was what was presented in front of me and i'm looking at myself who i'm developing naturally i happen to have genetics of large girls and other things that were predisposed predisposition to be able to have birthing hips apparently and then I was an avid reader and not a mover because there I mean there's a whole other thing about my testimony but I would like to escape into books instead of reality of what was going on around me so that led to sedentary so that didn't get me model real thin because I wasn't being active and I wasn't choosing the best on my plate I was choosing what tasted good, which is exactly what we talked about last time. Um, so that all added up. But then in front of me, it was, here's fun. Here's exciting. Here's amazing. Here's what you want. Here, you want to be like this girl. And and when you get all prettied up and, and go spend all the money on your hair and your nails and your makeup, you want to look exactly like her in this dress. And I'm like, oh, I guess I do. And you're young and you're impressionable. And then you go home and you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't, I don't have access to those hundreds of dollars worth of techniques and I don't have a closet full of those kinds of clothes and I certainly don't have a body to put those things on. There must be something wrong with me because I don't look like what that looks like. And there wasn't anyone in that time frame of my life to say, Hey, hold up, stop, stop, stop. That's just a picture. That's not reality. That's not even who God created Bonnie to be. That's not even what your best, most healthiest point of who you are in your own body and your own skin needs to look like. And focus your brain, focus your heart on Christ and focus on gentle movement of your body and focus on healthy choices and things will balance out. You're young, you know, you're pre and beginning puberty. Your body will do what it needs to do, adjust naturally. Just treat it the way it needs to be treated with love and gentleness, kindness, and health. There wasn't that guiding voice and those guiding decisions in my in my head or in my life speaking into me. Um, and I know that we can, as as moms, you're a mom, I'm a mom, and I've heard 
from both kids, well, I just don't look the way that I want to. Or I'm just not, I'm like my son, he's very slight. His genetics from his dad's side. He got the tiny ways. But he's just like, I'm just smaller than all the other boys. And I'm like, well, okay, that's who God made you to be. You can choose, you know, these healthy alternatives. You can choose to work out. You can choose to lift weights. You can do some things to change that a little bit if you want to. Just grow into the best version of yourself. And we're we're throwing those things at our kids and we're saying, okay, well, it was like this for me. So I'm going to make sure it's not like this for them. But there is that natural within them. No matter how much affirmation and how much encouragement and how much scripture and how much gentleness I throw at either one of my children, there's still that natural discontent and that natural, I look in the mirror, I'm not as pretty as so-and-so at church. Uh, She has better hips than I do. She looks better in this dress that I borrowed from her than I do. And I'm just like, yeah, but you're not her. And I can say that to the teenager as being the mom. But then what do I turn around and do when I'm in my bathroom getting ready for church and I'm in my dress? The exact same thing. Where does it come from? The discontent and the unhappiness. We've been trained, not only in our society, but also because we live in a sin-filled world. We've been trained to see all of our flaws first. What was the very first thing that happened in the garden after they were given the knowledge of good and evil? Their Their eyes were open. And what was the first thing they noticed? They were naked. The difference. They were self-aware of their bodies. Yeah. And what was the immediate response? Shame. Yeah. Time to cover up. Yep. What are we hiding from? No, we don't need to go out and be nudists. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, come on. Girl. Mm -mm. Man. That's a different podcast. (laughs) I'm not going to be on that one. (laughs) I'm not saying we need that, but it in, intrinsically it comes. You're born with that nature, that fallen nature in your body. We inherit that from the garden. And you're predispositioned to say, I'm not enough. I'm not, well, obviously we're not perfect. Yes, but it's the dwelling on all the imperfections. And again, it's the mindset. And you can take it and you can say, I don't look like so-and-so. Well, you can feed that with the truth. What is the truth? You are not so-and-so. You weren't created to live the life of that person. You weren't created to walk the days of that person. You were not created to be in the body of that person. You were created to be Bonnie Laurel. You were not created to be Kelly Jean. So I can be over here going, oh man, it sucks that I'm not Kelly Jean. I don't look like her. I don't have that gorgeous hair. Or I can be over here like, okay, This is the path that the Lord and the creator of the universe wanted for me. He made me specifically as me and gave me my little floppy limp hair for a reason. So that I can look at that floppy limp hair and I can say, I'm unsatisfied with that. And he can say, yes, but where does your definition of who you are lie? Does it lie in your floppy limp ponytail or does it lie in the fact that you're my child? I love that. I'd drop this mic if it weren't attached. (laughs) Now, as his child, am I responsible to sit like a lump and just stuff my face with food because I'm sad that I don't look like so-and-so or I don't have the life of so-and-so or I don't have the body or the build of so-and-so? Absolutely not. Because am I treating the temple that the Lord has blessed me with in a good way doing that? No, absolutely not. 
What am I responsible for? The life he's given me, the body that I find myself in now. Let's face it, get down to brass tacks. A lot of it is the result of my own choice and my own sin. I have sinned against my body by making unhealthy choices, knowingly and willingly satisfying something in the moment or using something going into my mouth to cover over what I could be giving to the Lord that he needs to deal with in my heart. And that's part of my personal testimony. One of the reasons why I have a food addiction that I have to battle every day is because what am I covering? Things that are unhealed, things that I need to be bringing before Jesus so that he can cleanse that. So he can be the fulfillment of that empty place in my heart. And I'm not trying to use food to do that. That's a whole other podcast within itself. When I look in the mirror, I can choose immediately to go to all the negative things that I see. That waist is still too big. Oh, my stomach still pooches out even after that stupid hernia surgery. Oh, my arms are so chubby above the elbows. I just can't stand the way that it looks when I bend my arm. And then when I'm doing the exercises at refit class, even though I'm doing something healthy for myself, I know I'm standing back there looking like a bird, flapping all that stuff all over the place. Okay, so I can go there and I can go off on a tangent for myself for 20 minutes. Is that edifying? Does that, does that help anything within my heart? Does it even help my journey or my next right choice? Makes it more difficult. Absolutely not. Is it true that the body that I have is overweight? Yes, that is the truth. Does that mean I'm less valuable as a human being, as a wife, as a mother, as a friend? No. So I cannot dwell there and I cannot live in the lie that that makes me less than because it does not. It means here I find myself. I can make the next right choice. Absolutely. And so now now we move to, okay, we're making the right choice. We've got it right. We're doing all the good things for our health. We're drinking dandelion tea (laughs) over here and putting squash in our coffee. We're doing all the healthy things and let's say we're losing weight let's say weight's falling off like it's just melting off but we get down to let's say okay so i started my journey at 251 right now i was down to 183 right now i'm i'm leveled out at 190 it's where i'm sitting let's say i drop another 30 pounds by having unrealistic expectations When I lose that 30 pounds, I'm still not going to be happy because guess who I'm still not going to be built like? Kim Kardashian. Whatever. She's just an example I'm choosing because girl got back. All right. And I I like to have some booty. All right. Have you ever seen yourself turn around on a live cook? You're good. You don't don't (laughs) need no Kim. Kim got nothing on you, girl. (laughs) I digress. Go on. (laughs) Am I ever going to get? To her exact body, for example, or, you know, Susie in the choir? No, because like you said, Susie is Susie. Susie's not KJ. And when we set up expectations that I'm going to lose weight so I can look like her, we're continually disappointed. We need to learn to love us where we are right now and love the body that we've been given. And I think it's also important to remember the verse, um, 1 Samuel 16, 7, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
So for me, a big part of my journey has been my healing my heart and focusing on the word. And that has brought about more health than my food choices. Even though I've had great food choices for going on three years now, the changes I've made in my spiritual journey have brought so much more health than the changes I've made on my plate. So much more. So setting up realistic expectations. How do how do I do that? How do I do it? Do I set up a vision for myself of what I think I'll look like? Do I, obviously, it's not comparison. What do I use for a goal? Is a goal weight a good thing? Is a certain look, a certain size, a good thing? I personally don't feel those are the best things to shoot for for goals. For me, I have decided that for me, what's important is not hitting 100 pounds lost or hitting a certain number on the scale or seeing a certain size at the store. It no longer has to be that I fit into a size. Look, I could probably lose another 60 pounds and still snot, not, still snot, still not fit into a small. That's a tongue twister. It's just not realistic. So for me, I have changed my goals from losing 100 pounds or to getting healthy and getting stronger. That's it. Besides my spiritual goals of continuing daily in the word and getting closer to God every day, my physical goals are getting healthy and getting stronger. And that's it. That is my goal. And it is going to be a goal I am working on for the rest of my life. I'm always going to be trying to get healthier. I'm not going to suddenly wake up and be, I'm healthy. Now what? I'm going to go back to McDonald's? No. Yeah. I'm always, it's a constant moving goal. Yeah. And it's no longer surround, it's no longer about my bra size or my waist size or my hip size or my, you know, none of that. Each day that I wake up now, um, my, my goals are not um, definitively measurable. Well, I mean, they are, but like my long-term, like you're saying, it's a continual. I'm not going to reach this magical plateau of I've done this, 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 and this, and now I have the payoff definitely of this, 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 and this. I have to take my life one day at a time. And part of that is just because of my testimony I have cancer mom's PTSD. Yeah. Every day is a gift. Absolutely. But you also live in the reality of this day is finite. And this is the day that I have. I'm not guaranteed a healthy day tomorrow. It just doesn't. Yeah. I live in this day. This is the day that the Lord made. Yeah. So my goal is today. I know what I need to do before me. When I wake up in the morning, I need Jesus. I need relationship. I need to hydrate. I need to make healthy bodily food choices and I need some movement. And if I can manage those within this day and I can lay my head down at night, I can say I've reached all my goals. Yeah. And it doesn't look like I need to run a half a marathon today and I need to only eat rabbit food six times a day and I need to drink three gallons of water and I need to make sure that everybody in my life is happy with me and I need to read five books of the Bible. Those are highly unattainable goals. Right. 
within a week, let alone a right a, a day. Yep. But if every day that the Lord gifts me with, I can say, I'm going to move my body some. I'm going to make a healthy choice with the food that's in front of me. I'm going to hydrate well, and I'm going to blossom in my friendships with people, and I'm going to fill myself with Jesus. Those are attainable. Yeah. Those are doable. That's living life. Yep. At least for me, that's living a life that's worth it. Yep. So I can look at myself in the mirror and I can say, I did right by the soul and the body that the Lord gifted me with. I love it. I love it, Bonnie. Encouraging women out there because I know there's a lot of, there's a body image is a, is a big subject and I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future. Oh, yeah. but, all right, my friends, thanks for joining Bonnie and KJ and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.